0: Welcome to the Guys Who Cry podcast, man. Great to have you guys here listening. We've got another fabulous guest and a fabulous topic to talk about today. I'm going to hand it over to Ruben to introduce your friend, Ron. Take it away, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just a little precursor for you guys. I got my vaccine today, my one-shot stop Johnson & Johnson, and I am feeling it. So just bear with me for that. But yes, our guest it's the other stud you knew the uh, you knew the podcast between two studs that i've plugged before i had alex on well now we have his brother on so ron say hi to the good people
2: hey everyone it's ron here i'm i'm really <laughs> stoked to be on your guy's show honestly um ruben we've talked about it on our show and i think we've definitely had a lot of plugs for your show as well you really Sweet. are instrumental in helping us with getting our feet on the ground and getting between two studs off the ground so we're excited you are our first guest and it sounds like we're gonna have you as our last guest for at the end of the season
1: yeah yeah a little uh spoiler alert. a little little special announcement
2: <laughs> yeah so but no happy to be on your guys show tonight
1: that's yeah awesome. and we have a great topic today and one that's pretty topical especially with adam right now adam do you want to talk about why
0: Yeah, it was great to have Ron to talk about this. Um, Currently, I'm dating uh, a girl in Brazil. Uh, We've got a one-hour time difference. She's one hour ahead uh, outside of Sao Paulo. And then, Ron, you have an interesting story of dating someone, and you ended up being across multiple time zones. Right. I'm really curious to know about how that went.
2: Yeah. No, so I think it's kind of weird for most people, like when you think of time zones, even like one or two – it's sort of, it's sort of like still within the realm of being, you know, it's it's doable. You just have to kind of adjust your schedule. Yeah, for sure. And what ended up happening? This was several years ago, um, for work. I had an opportunity to work over in Singapore, and for anybody that's not familiar, Singapore is way over in Asia, so there was like an eleven-hour time difference. So yeah. wow. it was really Jeez. tough Um, because it's
0: like your what your daytime is her nighttime
2: basically correct yeah so that was a fun bit of logistics trying to figure out because especially like um number one part of that was i was dating uh my girlfriend who's now my wife at the time um i think that was a really bit of a tough thing to kind of deal with i think Many of us have dealt with long distance relationships and Adam in your case you certainly have. But yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's um it's funny because yeah, one hour time difference is not that bad. And just due to the nature of my job um and my ability to travel, it's it's definitely easier to do. Um because I can I can kind of work from anywhere. But in your, in your case, that was difficult, but you actually met your well now wife here. And then you went there, you said for work, right?
2: Right. So I met my wife actually for college. Right. Um, and I went up to school in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So even then, um, at that point, we were still actually long distance because I was living in Delaware. She was living in wilkes So that wow. was about a two, two and a half hour drive. So we would still see each other on weekends and that, but with work um, she was working on her master's and I was with uh, working in finance and an opportunity came up for me to work abroad and it was tough because the decision that we were kind of looking at was realistically, if we wanted to have kids down the road um, and get married, it's much, much tougher to say, okay, well now everyone has to pick up and move and go to another country and It was like one of those things where do you take the opportunity or do you kind of let it go and then have to worry about, boy, should I have gone for that or shouldn't I have? And you kind of might have to look Mm. back and regret. Yeah. (laughs) Adam.
0: (laughs) Ruben, would you even wait? Have you ever tackled a long distance relationship, Ruben? Uh, Even like two hours or three hours or
1: something? Yeah. So my first ever girlfriend uh, was when I was 19. Uh, I dated a girl in North Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and the way we had met was because she used to go to my church And um, that was pretty much it I mean, and like our first date I think it was like a month after us talking She came up I've talked about that date all, on the podcast before It was the apple pie date Adam, do you remember that one? <laughs> no <laughs> Where well, we went maybe, to the yeah. apple orchard And we picked apples And then we baked a pie and watched a movie Oh, that's,
0: that's cool that's super romantic wow. <laughs> but, uh,
1: Ron, <laughs> yeah. how long did you know your wife Before you did that move though?
2: Oh, shoot. Um, that was probably like maybe two, three years.
1: And that was like just knowing or like dating? That was dating. Oh, wow. Okay. So what were the conversations you had before you, you went over there and how long were you over in Singapore?
2: So I was in Singapore for a year and the conversations that we had were, I think part of it was, we were kind of in that position where I think we had a good amount of trust. I know that for some relationships um, it's really tough to kind of be like, Oh yeah. um, I trust you to go, you know, even to another city, let alone um, to go to another country. Um, But you know, with my wife, I think she just kind of, I mean, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, of course, but she really kind of understood what it meant to me, how important it was. And I think, Part of it too is we had being that we were kind of already doing somewhat long distance i guess we kind of figured in some way this is a bit of a test to see all right well how you know we've done long distance but can you really do extreme long distance relationships Mm. and that's what we kind of did
1: (laughs) and real quick when was this like what 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 year was this that you went to go do that
2: so i'm going to date myself but this is like 2007.
1: Yeah. So that brings me to my next point where it's like, it's not as easy as it is now to have a long distance relationship, right? Like we have iPhones. We literally can FaceTime somebody at any moment. Right. So like, right. I can't even remember. was like Skype a thing back then. Yeah. I can't remember. I, like, when did Skype come out? It was so Skype
2: was, and that was the thing, like on the weekends, I would try to do like Skype calls with my, uh, with, with my wife now, but um Basically, that's the hard part was because, like I said, that 11 hour time difference, you would have to kind of block it out. Be like, all right, well, if you don't have anything and it's like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., I'll call you and it'd be my morning or vice versa. And it was always like night and morning. And I think what was tough with that, too, is like my wife's not like a night owl like I am. So she would also you'd have to kind of have these really bit of short conversations um, unless you wanted to get up super early. And I tried to kind of manage that even with, you know, like my family as well, but it really is tough. Um, I mean, thankfully, like, you know, we had, we had Skype, um, but we didn't have like some of the things that we have today, but I mean, it was still, it was still kind of rough, but it was, you know, it was an interesting experience uh, trying to kind of figure out some of those technical hurdles as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, well, that's. I, I can talk about a little bit about a drama now if you want, uh, because I was telling Ruben yesterday how the girl I'm dating, she's a lovely girl. And I understand why some of this is, and, I, and not talking bad, but it's, it's, uh, it's, let's say it's something that I've expressed is important. I know it's important to do. We talk on the phone, we text and all that, but we have yet to do a video chat face to face since the three weeks I've been gone from Brazil. Mm. Um, we do video chats where she'll show her family, she'll show her sister or whatever, and she won't show her own face because she feels a little insecure. And so mm. I, I understand people who are like that, but Ruben and I talked about the importance of that sort of face-to-face communication. Um, and I work it out with her. It's okay. It's not a problem. But um, it, it, is, it is important to be able to do that kind of stuff as much as you can to make up for the difference, the fact that you are so far away.
2: Right. I think one thing that we did that, Um, and I think this will definitely cast me as a bit of an older person. Is um, we did a lot of emailing, and Mm, it was something where it was kind of like you know, every day I try to just drop her a quick note, and she dropped me a quick note, and it was just kind of like, How'd your day go? Yeah, what's up, and just kind of general thoughts, feelings, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Well, that's actually pretty rom romantic.
2: <laughs>
1: well, you got mail. It's it's the basis for a whole romantic comedy, Ron.
2: Yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> but but yeah, I think that was important because it kind of also, I think one of those things about relationships that's really difficult sometimes is when you're with somebody in person. Sometimes the relationships you have are very very physical, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. might not care so much about that mental person who they really are. Yep. And when it, you're in a long distance relationship, it kind of forces that to the forefront. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. You start focusing on all of the other things, the personality connection and the topics right. of interest and all that kind of stuff too. And um, actually I did, ha- I had another long distance relationship when I was in college. I dated a girl who I grew up here. I knew her in my youth group. She mm-hmm. went to Germany on an exchange program for a while. And we actually wrote letters back and forth. I remember having to like, Remember, like, how to write a letter to Germany and how many mm-hmm. stamps I needed and all that stuff. And, um, and you like live off of that. It's that, it's that emotional nourishment you really need to communicate. Otherwise, you're just like, so I'm dating someone and we never talk. Who then they're I never see them. So, like, what's the point? You know?
2: Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that maybe kind of helped as well, um, this just who I am. I actually did a blog when I was in Singapore and I tried oh. to actually post daily. So I try to actually go and get like different photos and just different things to kind of just show other people. And oddly enough, a lot of that had to do with I sort of got sick and tired of like retelling the same story to everybody. Wow. So I sort of like, well, if you really care, here's a blog. Go check it out. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. I think it's sort of like between two studs. Alex and I really didn't know that anybody would really have that much interest um, besides our guests and any of their friends. But we've actually sort of started to pick up a small following. And it's sort of like that with the blog. I didn't expect anybody besides maybe my parents or one or two other friends to be like, oh, that's cool that you did this. And I think that kind of also helped with my wife in understanding like what I was seeing and what's going mm-hmm. on. Because if you just don't hear from somebody, I think sometimes you know absence um, can really definitely play games on a relationship
0: yep yep you both have to really really be interested in each other and also not feel a lot of competition because i think that's one reason why people break up i know that's one reason Mm -hmm. why i broke up with my first uh long uh first girlfriend who was here was going to going back to her country is because i figured well there'll be a lot of competition there'll Mm -hmm. be girls here i can date and i'll want to go do stuff and go to parties or whatever and then i realized like oh well girls like this don't come around very often and it would have been nice just to stay with her you know i don't know if you felt like that at all and at what point did you ever have a really rough spot in that long distance relationship was there one point you got to where you're like oh i don't know if this is gonna work
2: it's kind of weird um you know like how in some relationships people are very kind of confrontational but that like kind of works well for them there's just I don't know it's kind of like um seismic faults or whatever where yeah. pressure kind of just happens
0: <laughs> and then
2: right. it's like okay hey that passion then kind of comes in right after and you're back together and everything's perfect sure um my wife and i were pretty mellow very chill people in fact okay. we're pretty low on the drama uh scale for better or worse oh that's cool um so with that like i don't think she really ever i mean she's kind of joked with me she's like well you probably wouldn't even be looking for that if you really wanted to anyway i know that's who you are and i'm like yeah i just feel too guilty anyway if i really was trying to find something else oh
0: right right but did you get to a point where it felt like too difficult where you're like i'm not getting fulfilled enough or you know i don't know yeah
2: um i mean i would say there definitely were some harder days yeah because i think what was kind of tough too is knowing that you had to schedule the time also made it difficult like let's say my wife had a bad week with school that you know that week and she also has different frustrations and challenges you're kind of also restricted to how much time you can hear so i think that's a tough thing like if you think about relationships that we all have you can't always pick and choose when somebody has a bad day and somebody just needs to listen and i think there definitely were some days that I think were a little bit rockier than others. Okay. And I think that's where we tried to kind of maybe work a little bit out of it with email. So even though it might be like, Hey, I know that we didn't have much time to talk. Um, Here's maybe some thoughts I've been thinking more about it. So you kind of had at least some of that dialogue, but yeah, I mean, it was tough because I think there was a lot of times where if I was in person, you could kind of spend that extra time. Yeah. Um, And I think what was kind of tough too is that there were some times where I maybe had something or my wife had something. And even like that kind of planned time that we would normally have sometimes just didn't happen. Yeah. That kind of makes you feel a little bit bad. Like if I had something going on or my wife, my wife had something going on, then it's like you don't have that opportunity to connect and then it kind of – I mean I think even if you're in a really secure relationship, it kind of nags at you a little bit like, well, is there something maybe I need to think about or something I didn't do right, if you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That would make you feel really insecure like really easily. That's that's <laughs> that's a yeah. difficult thing for sure, uh, especially if people okay, don't get responses back right away too because of email and time differences. But yeah. Ruben, I'm actually curious. Would you – Say you met the girl of your dreams. Now, well, I mean, maybe more or less you have, but um, just say you met the girl of your dreams. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. You are so awkward. Man. I'm,
0: I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But say you met the girl of your dreams, but something happened. She had to move, or something. But you both loved each other so much, you wanted to. You wanted to still be together. Do you think you could do it, or would you put the kibosh on it from the very beginning? I think
1: I would do it. Um, okay. You know, I, okay. I I told you that that story about this guy I used to work with who lives in California. Um, I worked with him at Two Stones Pub in Newark, and he was dating this girl for like five months, and she got a job in California, and he picked up and moved with her, and he said, well, I let somebody go before, and I don't want to make that same mistake again. Well, now they're married like three or four years later. Mm -hmm.
0: Ruben, I always remember that story now. I always think of that.
1: Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, ever since then, I was like, you know what, if I did meet the right person, yeah, I mean – And I think, like, we talk about long-distance relationships. It's not just, like, physical distance, too. Um, I think we can talk about, like, scheduling distance. Sure. Um, You know? Yeah. I mean, and we're going to get into it more next week. Uh, (laughs) Adam calls it confession time. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the situation I'm in now, I think there's a little bit of, like, scheduling distance, and we're, like, we're working through that with, like, you know talking on the phone and like being in contact with each other i mean like texting wise i think we like figured out that we're like in contact like seven hours throughout the day and like thank goodness for like text messages and like phone calls and like yep that kind of stuff and it's all about just making that time just making the you know hey i'm on break now i I can talk to you for 20 minutes
2: yeah
0: yeah using what's at your disposal to keep the connection yeah i mean just pull out all the stops and do whatever you got to do if you both really like each other you're gonna communication that's so so important all right wait so ron i gotta ask you this sure it's a little bit more personal if you don't want to answer that's okay and ruben if i'm out of line you let me know but what, what what about when it came to intimacy long distance what to whatever degree if that's just flirting with each other or whatever did you have any any of that long distance did you try to intentionally maintain that was there not really much of that or just you guys aren't the need to didn't feel the need to be very intimate and whatever whatever sure whatever that looked like so you have to go into graphic detail but i mean just in terms of was it an intentional thing or just sort of happen
2: yeah i would say the way that i'd put it is like we definitely were kind of like flirty with each other with our emails and that um but like i think what we kind of did and like i said i mean i don't know that this would work for everyone right but, like, I did have my, you know, I did have her over when I was over there in Singapore. And I think she was over for like 10 days or something. Gotcha.
0: She did come to visit. Right. So right, right. She, gotcha. she came That's to visit. Good.
2: That's good. And yeah. that was important. So, yeah. We certainly had some time, you know, for that. Cool. But, um, but yeah. And how yeah. how often was that? That was like, once.
0: Okay. Once time during that year. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha.
2: But, and how often did you, did you come back, though? so i came back once okay and just to kind of set the record straight that's like a 22 hour flight oh so it's a very very long flight and you can imagine what the jet lag does to you Mm -hmm. because with that kind of time difference it's one thing to be like oh it's one or two two hours but when it's like you're 11 or 12 hours ahead
1: I mean, you, you lose two days.
2: <laughs> yeah, you lose two days and you're confused. You're like, wait, is it morning or is it dinner or wait? What? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think for I think that's kind of one of those weird things for us is that as a couple, I think, you know, as we met, as I mentioned, some people really kind of need that physical element completely. And yeah, I think that if that's what's needed, For some relationships, it's that's not gonna work out well long term. And I think in some ways it was a test, but I don't know. I mean, we my wife and I were married now, and we got married, it was like two or three years after she after I came back. So it while it was a test, in some ways, I think it also made us stronger because it was like I got to kind of know her. Not just as, you know, somebody on, the, on a physical level, but mm-hmm. also for what her passions, her interests. And I think it did ultimately help with, you know, those trust issues and understanding each other that I think some relationships don't really ever have to develop. Oh,
1: so here's what's crazy, Ron, is when when we, ha- when I re- we had Alex as a guest host a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, I was talking to him about him and Hannah. Yep. And one thing that he said that really stuck out to me, and when I said it back to him, he was like, oh, I guess I never really realized that. He was more worried about her finding somebody else than himself. Huh. Did mm-hmm. that fear ever creep into your head when you were over there?
2: Yeah. I think there's some degree of that. Um, I think like my wife probably even had some fears of that as well. Right. But I think part of it, too, is just, you kind of have to learn to kind of trust. And if you can't trust, trust is such an important part about relationships, right? And I guess that was kind of one of those things that I saw as a bit of a test for marriage was if maybe she had concerns or I had concerns, if you're really like that meandering and the way that you kind of approach things, you're going to have those same problems with or without a wedding ring. Right. right. So, and trust is
1: also something I feel like that needs to be built. Right. So you right. built that trust with her. What was it? Two years before you went to Singapore. Yep. yep. So that trust was like pretty strong when you went like strong enough that she was like, all right, yeah, I'm willing to, to test this for, you know, how however long I can do it for. And clearly she was able to do it. So kudos to both of you thank you um, but like yeah i mean to your point it's it's all about trust i think that's something that is very important in relationships and you can't rush the building of trust because then you have a crappy foundation and then inevitably it'll 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 crumble you know so absolutely and
0: I, and I feel like it's funny um obviously there are some people who are really good liars and you would never know that they were cheating behind your back but mm-hmm. it's funny when like Girls that I know, like, with the girl that I'm dating now, we are so, like, above board with what we're doing. Just Mm – I'm hanging out with my female friend tonight. We're at a bar. This is who she is. I tell her about you. Like, we we give more detail than we need to to reassure the other person that, hey, nothing funny is going on. And if something – like, for instance, the girl I'm talking to, we, we both had an instance of where we both got a little bit jealous of the other person, and we just talked about it. And it was great that it was both very even. I felt a little bit jealous. She felt a little bit jealous of some friend mm-hmm. who posted on my Facebook. And as a friend I've known for years and years and years, and my, she was just like, is she trying to date you or whatever? I was like, no, no, no. It's okay, but it, I'm not going to get mad. You can ask about anything that you want. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Let's not hide it. And mm-hmm. or hide that frustration or that jealousy. Let's talk about it. And then you feel better. And I did it with her and I felt better and she did it with me and she felt better. And so like, I feel like as me- much detail as we can give about what we're doing, I feel like it helps me to be soothed. So she's hanging out with one of her male friends, mm-hmm. but I know the guy, I've met him and we video call and whatever. And I'm like, ah, I'm good. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Sure. You know? um, that helps a lot too. um, to over explain and just not like go silent for an entire night. Then you start to worry. Right.
2: <laughs> No, we've done that. We've done that as well. Like, I think, um, at least with, with my career, I've had like kind of work wives. Right. And it's like, yeah, I've I've explained that to my wife and I'm not sure if you, if you're familiar with that concept, but it's kind of like, they're, they're people who you're just really good friends with who also happen to be Mm -hmm. of the opposite gender. Yep. Um, and it's funny because like one of, I think the first like work wife I had, um, she's she's married to one of my good friends that alex and i both know we just had him on the podcast um and he's down in georgia and it's just like we've hung out and you know it was there was nothing that was ever going on like that but i'm with you where i would much rather just be up front and just say hey this is what's going on this person she is you know she's already engaged or she's married or whatever right just to kind of set the tone that it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything behind your back and I don't want you to be confused or anything. But when I mention that person's name, that's what they are and that's who they are Mm. and that's all there is to it. Reassurance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Reassurance is so important. I mean, that's one of my love languages I think is uh, words of affirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I need to be reassured of the like, Hey, like, you know, this, I need to know that you're, you're thinking about me throughout the day. And, uh, right. you know, it's important. And like, I do the same thing. Like if I'm texting you, that means I'm thinking about you, you know? Right. So Ron, hmm. I, okay. So maybe virtual dates didn't become as popular until this year, but when you were in Singapore, <laughs> what were some examples of like quote unquote date nights that you and your wife had to do? Hmm.
2: I, don't, I, know that we, I don't know that we honestly got too, too creative with that, which kind of sounds horrible. Um,
1: well, I think to be it was, fair, it, it's a lot easier now to sure. have that with Grubhub and everything. So,
2: I think part of what was difficult too is just because of the time difference. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's weird how even on like the uh, like our podcasts, you know, you think about like we had we did have a guest who was on from Singapore. Well, typically for our show, it's like we one of the things we always talk about is is drinking. What are you drinking? And for most people at 9 or 10 p.m. at night, you know, that's perfectly fine to have a drink. But you're not going to have a drink at 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, so it depends on how bad the last day was. hey Right. So I think that was something, too, where it's like even just like, hey, let's, you know, yeah. if somebody's like, hey, let's stay up and watch a horror movie. That's right. cool. But at 7 or 8 a.m., I'm not going to be like, yeah, let me pop a bottle of wine and uh, I'll watch with you. It's just maybe not going to fly. Right. So I think we definitely got to be really good at kind of storytelling about what was going on with with emails, which, like I said, I guess that is kind of romantic, but we weren't really scheduling any like dates. I think it was more just kind of sharing our days and what was going on. And I think that there were a lot of where we kind of tried to keep things interesting was asking questions that make you think. And especially with like a podcast, it's the sort of same thing where, hey, I'm going to give you a question to think about. You have the full day to think about it and respond. Like, you know, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard of like crazy, like interview questions, but things like that, where it's like, yeah, what would you do if you saw this? Or um, I think the weirdest interview question I've ever heard was like, What would you rather fight? One horse sized duck or a bunch of uh, duck sized horses? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. It was a legitimate interview question. Yeah. But like something like that to just kind of think on, because you don't have to respond immediately to each other. Right. Oh,
0: actually, I've started well I did a while ago. I started making a list of
2: questions I wanted to ask my
0: wife before we got married. Like Mm -hmm. like deep questions. Like I need to make sure that like we actually talk about this. Like so for for just one example. Mm -hmm. My one friend is very uh a very devout Christian. He married Mm -hmm. a woman who was the daughter of the pastor at the church, and they married he didn't mm-hmm. find out until afterwards that she was never baptized. And that was something that was very important to him. And he just never mm-hmm. he just took it for granted. He just never thought to ask and just thought, oh, you're of course you're baptized. So, like, there are certain things like that that I would write down, not that particular question, but sure I would write down to be like, this is something I might assume about the person, but I really should ask just to see, you know. So I started to accumulate some of those questions to see, like, you know, if I really feel comfortable with this person, I should be able to answer, ask any of these questions, Right. And they'd be comfortable answering and long distance can help you to do that. Cause you're, you're forced to have just conversation, you know, you can't cuddle or, you know, watch movies or do anything like that. So you got to talk.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ron. So what would, what are, what, what were some of those questions for you?
2: Oh, let's see. I think for me, the biggest ones were, okay. Do we want to have kids? Right. Um, what are kind of like your career ambitions versus mine? and where do we want to go with that where do we kind of want to end up like is is moving out of the question or is staying put um i think a few others were just kind of um trying to think
1: i know alex said like one of his was uh the last name yeah that was a big one for alex he said that was like a second date or like third date question
2: yeah, oddly enough, that's something where my wife—I think she sort of flopped a little bit on that, and she still is. She's still a Jones. Um, I still think it's kind of funny because she's like, "Well, if I was Stud, people would have trouble spelling it." And to this day, she still runs into people who can't spell Jones right. So I just don't <laughs> laugh right back at her. Like, <laughs> right. eh, but people can't spell teach- anything right. It's okay. Yeah, right. But teach their own. Um, yeah, like that was something where was I a little disappointed yeah, but did it really make or break things? Right. Especially because I think my wife, she sees it as it's a very important thing for her to be like, I need that sense of identity.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
2: I'm still a little bit like, but come on, Jones, like there's literally millions of you. Uh, Studs, there's only like maybe two, three thousand of us (laughs) in the world. But hey, you know. Right. Right.
1: I, I recently dated a girl that said I would have to take her last name.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's like, I'm just very proud of my last name. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, or we could just not take each other's last names. <laughs> right. Like, or you could just keep your last name and I could keep my last name. Like, to me, it, it isn't the biggest thing on, the, on, no. on, the, on, on earth. Like, I don't care. You want to keep your last name? That's fine. I get it. There's a lot of paperwork involved in switching your last name. You know, you have mm-hmm. to do so many things. I think I actually talked to Alex about that. I was like, you know, I I guess I never really realized how much work and time goes into changing your last name.
2: Yeah, that was, I think for my wife, it was a big thing where as well, like for you have to get your degrees redone and then you have to get, especially like Mm. for her, her background was like counseling. So a lot of times, especially if you're going that far into academia, it's like people know your work, you change your name. So that's why it makes sense for a lot to just keep it or hyphenate, but there's all those there's a lot of extra paperwork. So for me, so what about
1: you, Adam? What's what's one of those like like make or break question.
0: Oh man, what's one of the questions that I wrote down? I ask stupid stuff like, ever have you, have you ever gotten in trouble with the law? Because <laughs> you might not think to ask that. That's
2: a good one to ask. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: because you, you don't know. Somebody could tell you some dark thing that you're like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, I think. Oh, my therapist has always talked about um, mentioning these things like what does financial security mean to you? Like to ask it to someone, like what does mm-hmm. debt mean to you? Like, is, is it important to, is it okay if you're in debt? Is it not okay if you're in debt? Um, mm-hmm. those sorts of things you don't really necessarily know unless you ask these pointed questions.
1: Yeah. Like, did you pop your collar in high school? You know, that's a big <laughs> no, <no-no> no for me. Just <laughs> yeah, Did
2: good.
1: you wear two polos underneath each other? <laughs> Adam, I know you, you probably did the double polo at some point in your life.
0: <laughs> I was such a gangster in high school. I wore Tim's and Tommy Hilfiger. (laughs) You still wouldn't have liked me. It's okay. Uh,
1: So let's just end on a fun fact about Ron. Ron, you did some voiceover work. That I did. So, is that, and that was when you were in Singapore? Yes. So, how did that come about?
2: So, back in high school, um, I actually did get to do some acting. And when I went to college, I did a little bit more acting and it was all just stage acting and all that. And when I was over in Singapore, I found out that there was a studio right across the street from where I worked that did anime voice dubbing. And I always thought like, wow, that would be really, really cool to do just because I remember watching like Dragon Ball Z and some of those other shows. And I was like, man, I could totally do that. That would be fun. And anyway, I looked into it and it was like legit. They actually did some dubbing for American released content and come to find out one of the things that they were looking for is American voice actors. So what they typically did is they'd like scour the local universities, trying to find somebody with like an American accent because everyone likes our accents apparently. And, that was where I was like, all right, I'm just going to send them a quick email. So I sent them a quick email. I said, Hey, I did some theater acting in high school and college. I literally work across the street. I would love to do some voice acting. And I initially submitted that and about a week or two goes by and they did eventually email me back. They said, Hey, how about you come in for an audition? I was like, cool. I'll go in for an audition. And, I I had never done anything like that before, but I was like, all right, I'm just excited because I figured worst case, I've got a good story coming out of this. Right. So, so I went into this booth and um, it was kind of cool. They actually had like a laptop or like they had a monitor set up on like a music stand and that's where they fed you all of your lines. And then you like, you had a screen to kind of watch and you would wear like a headphone set. So you could hear what the original Japanese actor would do. And as you're hearing, like the voice director, they're kind of giving you like some directions, like, OK, do some accents, do some, you know, gravelly stuff with your voice and do all of the different things that you can think of, because what they're really trying to figure out is what your range. Right. Um, so if they needed you to just to be, a you know, kind of Clint Eastwood, kind of whatever on a voice you could do that get off my lawn right (laughs) or you know if they're like hey it's me you're mario and you need to do something (laughs) like that you could do that too so they were just trying to figure out like your range well anyway um it gets to the end of it and i think it was maybe like 15 20 minutes and on the way out they're like all right well we'll call you i was like yeah we'll call you then as i'm like walking out i'm like oh damn we'll call you. That's like, yeah, you know, you, you, sucked out loud. So (laughs) you don't expect anything. So I was like, well, all right, well, at least I got a story out of it. And you know, a week goes by, still nothing. Two weeks go by. And I was like, all right, well, and then out of the blue, they called me up and they said, all right, we want you to be a principal on one show. So a principal actor is like one of the main actors. And then they also said, we would also like you to, um, be a supporting actor on another show that was actually getting released in the U S and I was like, Oh, sweet. So the one show, uh, the long story short on that was it was the, it was a cartoon network show that aired in the Philippines and it actually was cheaper to have it redubbed than it was to actually um, pay the licensing fee to the American company that did the dubbing. So they had me, do that and it was kind of cool like after i worked in finance so i'm working with all these accountants after an entire day of just basically like library quiet the whole day i'd go across the street and get to scream and yell my head off in a booth and uh it was a lot of fun well, sure it,
1: right and, and and i'm sure it helped you deal with with your long distance relationship too so that's always yeah. nice and fun to have stuff to take up your day and email her about so that was cool yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you would really yeah, quickly man. just plug your podcast, which I've already done before, but go ahead and do yeah. the LD.
2: Hey, so if, if you're interested, check out our show. It's called Between Two Studs, S-T-U-D-D-S. And on our show, I, I think one of the best descriptions I've heard is somebody said it's like, you know, dirty jobs with like Mike Rowe, except we're not doing dirty jobs. We just happen to talk to people who have almost every kind of job you can think of. And we just really kind of just have great conversations. So be sure to check it out. We'd appreciate it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, guys, you guys can find us at Guys Who Cry Official on Instagram. You guys can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. If you guys go to our Instagram page, you guys can go right up to the bio. It's right. That'll take you right to our Spotify page. And we're also on TikTok. Adam, we need to get back on there, man. We need to... Put Let's out some do it, content. Man. I'm,
0: I'm coming over after you heal from your vaccine. <laughs> crazy video. Uh,
1: yeah, Adam, you want to you wanna sign us out there, bud?
0: Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We have great compliments every single week. We really, really appreciate the listeners. So everyone, have a great week. Tune in next week and be entertained.